0: Hello everyone and welcome to
1: Best Thoughts. I'm Will Johns. And I'm Rick Johns. And today we are talking about financial fitness in our Summertime Fitness Series Episode 6. And Will, I know this is a topic that excites you, talking about finances and money and how many times I've seen you rolling in a pile of money just laughing (laughs) to yourself. (laughs) It's kind of a way of life at the John's household over there. So, Will, what do you think of when you think about financial fitness? Yeah, Rick,
0: I'm so excited to talk about this topic, but I think a lot of our listeners may feel what I felt a couple of months ago when they hear the term financial fitness. Mm. There's something that happens when we think about finances, we start getting tense. Uh, I was snow skiing just a couple months ago and going down a steep hill and <laughs> decided to just let my skis run and I got some speed up, but it was too much. <laughs> I got to the point where I couldn't slow myself down and I just had to wait for the next level spot on the hill to slow me down naturally. Yeah, And that was a terrifying feeling because uh, if, if something were to happen at that moment, I knew I was going to crash uh, spectacularly, you know, it was gonna be a brutal, brutal crash. And so I think that's what we often feel with our finances is that we're heading for a crash. Yeah. and, And we don't know what to do to stop it.
1: Yeah, things get out of control. And I know, especially in my own life, early in our marriage, and when I first got married at the young age of 22, I didn't know a lot about finances and the few courses I had in college, the few things that dad taught us, they were helpful. But there's just nothing about there's nothing that can really prepare you for being out on your own and having all those bills and signing all those contracts, buying your first car, making your first payments, renting your first apartment. All those things were a bit overwhelming. And I I definitely relate to your story, Will, where things just kind of got out of control pretty quick. And then you get very scared and terrified, and you just you, you feel like, wow, there's there's nothing to stop this. How do I stop this?
0: Well, Rick, one of the wake-up calls for me early on, just like you said, I was newly married, and uh, my wife and I decided that we'd write a check for $500 to give to her parents for all that they put in and invested into our wedding. And guess what? we bounced the check (laughs) to my wife's parents. And I was absolutely humiliated here. I I felt like I'm supposed to be the provider for this new family. And my in-laws are shaking their heads, wondering how in the world is this kid gonna take care of their daughter
1: (laughs) yes yes i'm sure that was one of many questions they had about you will but (laughs) nonetheless they have learned to love you in spite of that so that's good but i wonder for those that are listening that do you feel finances is very stressful what can we say to them what can we do to encourage them today so we've got
0: we've got stuff for everybody today, and so first of all, I want our listeners to rate yourselves on a scale of one to ten and one means you hate this topic. If someone could do your budget for you or take care of all your finances for you, you would give it to them in a heartbeat, and ten would be that you're fascinated by money and numbers and spreadsheets, and you love <laughs> this thing. And so I would put myself at it like a nine and a half, but I would also <laughs> guess that my, my wife would probably rate herself a one or a two. So. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're good for each other then. That's good. <laughs> but it's a good question because I know a lot of people, when you say accounting, investing, budgets, these are words that are negative words for a lot of people. But they really shouldn't be, should they?
0: No, no, they don't need to be. And, and what, we can, what we have today is... We have different plans that can help you wherever you're at on the scale. So we're going to have the most simple, basic, easiest to implement plan in the world if you're a one. And we're going to offer that to you today. So there's a lot of ways that you can move forward on this
1: topic. We're going to try to make it as painless as possible. And, you know, I wonder if we shouldn't ask people another question. And that is on a scale of one to ten... How many of you really like receiving extra money? <laughs> mm, yes. I'm pretty sure everybody gets pretty excited if there's extra money coming their way. And so maybe we can help leverage some of that natural excitement we all have about getting a little extra money, having some margin, feeling a little more secure, feeling like we could get some things we need if we, if we have to. Um, all those kind of feelings that can come with having some extra money.
0: And, and that's really our goal today, Rick, is that we want the listeners to finish this podcast with a sense of hope that they are not speeding out of control down that hill, but that they <laughs> have a plan. And the best feeling in the world that that comes in relation to money is the sense that I'm getting ahead. Yeah, I'm moving in the right direction. You don't have to be there yet. You just need to feel that you're moving in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Speaking of stories with skiing, I remember when I went water skiing the last time that my stepson challenged me to wakeboard. And I had never wakeboarded, being old school dad that I am. I had only learned to water ski as a kid and slalom ski, but there was no wakeboards. So this is my first attempt. And man, it was so hard for me. he made it look so easy. And everybody I've seen wakeboard, they just pop right up and wakeboard (laughs) around and jump the wake. But for me, I could not get out of the water. I just didn't have the feel. And they would pull me behind the boat and I'd just be sucking in water up my nose and in my mouth and couldn't get the board to pop up out of the water. And I think sometimes finances can feel a bit like that. And what I learned that day is that It takes some skill and it takes some practice. Cause guess what? After a few tries, I eventually found the feel. I figured out how to angle the board, how to push my weight so that I could get it up out of the water, but it took some time. It took practice. And once I got on top of the water, it was actually fun. And I was enjoying life. And I think our finances can be like that. Some of us might be drowning right now, but once you put some things into practice, make some of those hard decisions, you can get on top of the water. Yeah, and this is a basic
0: skill that anybody can learn. Yes. You don't have to have a college degree to learn this. You don't even need a high school degree. This is a basic skill that anyone can learn and put into practice. And so it starts with this, though, Rick, is that money is dynamic, Yes. We are either getting ahead or falling behind. There is no neutral. Hmm. And so it's something a lot of people don't realize. They just think of money as money and that it somehow holds its value over time. It actually doesn't. Let me just give a few figures. And again, we're not going to throw much in the way of numbers at you today, but but these are numbers that uh, can be really helpful. If you took $10,000, and 10 years ago, you put it under a mattress and then you took it out today. So this is $10,000 that just sat there for 10 years. It would only have the buying power of $7,284. Mm. So because of inflation, and you hear that a lot in the news uh, these days, because of inflation, your, your money, actually you actually lost money uh over a 10-year period if you put it under your mattress yeah uh so it's important to to see like okay um it's dynamic even if it just sits there it it, it's moving uh a certain direction yeah yeah (laughs) so next let's say instead of putting it under your mattress you invested ten thousand dollars In an S&P index fund just a simple investment this is the most basic investment tool there is an S&P index fund generally makes about 10% a year you would then have 10 years later 25,937 and so uh, you could see huge difference depending on how that money was put
1: to work wow that's something that I hadn't really thought about. Money being dynamic and moving one direction or the other. So what can we do to make sure our money is moving in the right direction?
0: Well, well, here's the worst direction it can move. And that is, if you had $10,000 of credit card debt... Uh-oh. 10 years ago, and you paid only the minimum payment, you would now owe $61,917. Oh, good grief. And that's calculating at a basic rate of 20%. Some credit cards are higher than that. Some might be a little bit less. But regardless, you could see that getting into credit card debt is probably the worst thing you can do for your financial future.
1: Absolutely. And a little later, I will be glad to tell you about my vendetta against credit card companies. I'm very convinced they are the devil himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that, that can be a helpful attitude when you're trying to avoid uh, getting sucked in by credit cards. But I think, I think a starting point for us today is just to reference back to last episode when we talked about work and having a good attitude and enjoying our work if you can be grateful for your job and your paycheck, that's a powerful place to start. Yeah, You do have income. And sometimes you don't realize how just how much money is coming in because all you see is the difference between what's coming in and what's going out. But you probably have a lot of money coming in and that's something to celebrate.
1: Yeah. So the first thing is kind of to take stock of what you do have, the blessing you do have, be grateful for that income. And then if you're looking at it and you honestly don't have enough to live on, then it's time to brainstorm. Well, how else can I increase my income? Do I need a second job? Do I need a side hustle, as they love to call it today? That's the kids lingo, Will. I know you don't know those (laughs) trendy terms, but... uh, Do I have a side hustle where I can make a little extra so I can have a little margin so I can actually go out to eat every once in a while or, you know, do something fun with my friends, trying to understand how much you have and make it work for you. And you can leverage the
0: assets you have. Uh, If you have a two bedroom apartment, you might be able to rent a bedroom to a friend or to someone you know, and get extra income coming in and, and those types of creative ways. So there's lots of ways to increase income, but most likely you have enough income. You just need to spend less.
1: Yeah. That's the most likely scenario. Yeah. There are so many ways you can cut your budget. And I think it's actually really exciting to go in and look at all your bills and say, which ones am I just paying too much? And I, I know, Will, some people have gone in and looked at their bills and discovered, hey, wait, this company's billing me twice because I was enrolled in two different auto payment plans or something. And there's just mistakes that are happening.
0: Well, I, I had uh, a woman who took one of my financial seminars that I offered, and she came back and reported to me that she found $600 a month that she was wasting. Yeah. And she was able to eliminate $600 a month in expenses. One of those was just like what you said, Rick. She was getting billed twice by Verizon for internet. Mm. And she didn't even know it. Yeah. So here she's paying for something she doesn't need to be paying for and has no idea until she looked at all the money that was going out and she found the double charge, got that eliminated, got them to pay retroactive for what they'd overcharged her. Yeah. It's $600 a month. She was able to take that extra, put it on her credit card debt, and she was debt free in a year. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly your situation can change if you're just willing to do a little bit of extra work.
1: You know, it kind of feels like cleaning out a closet sometimes. You got that junk closet where you've been throwing stuff for years. And it takes a little bit of courage and a little bit of energy to finally open the door and say, today's the day. We're going to clean it out. But if you bring your trash can and you bring a a way to sort everything, it can be a lot of fun and you will feel so much better when it's all cleaned out and you just go through all your bills, look at everything. Is there a better provider? I I am a big fan of switching. I've switched different internet providers, cable providers. I switch phone companies. I even switch to a different credit card if I can get some big rewards at the front end and I'll close my other credit card because the whole goal is make it work for you. And let me just say to those of you who
0: rated yourself for one or a two, try to find some kind of person that loves doing this stuff to help you. Yeah. Uh, most people are very willing to help. If it's an area of interest that they have, find a friend that might help you go through your expenses, um, someone that you're not embarrassed to, to show your actual expenses. Yeah, I know it's a personal thing, you know, so you don't wanna just show it to anybody, but get some help if you need, never hurts.
1: Absolutely. You don't even have to show them everything. You might just pick their brain, ask them some questions. Yes. One of the best ways I've saved money is just talking to friends and they say, oh yeah, I just signed up for this. Or do you know they have a special or there's a deal or, hey, you don't need to be paying for that. You can get this free version over here.
0: I've noticed, Rick, that just paying attention to groceries and where I shop and, and how I purchase them, I could save a couple hundred dollars a month in groceries alone. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy how many places you can reduce your expenses and it will make all the difference, all the difference.
1: You know, I got real excited the other day. I took a chance and I bought some used running trail shoes. Now they looked great online, but I don't know, it's a risk. I'm not necessarily endorsing this or, or recommending it but the price was so good. It was one third of what these shoes cost brand new and wow. brand new, they're like 140 bucks, 120, 140. And I got them for 40 bucks. They arrived, I tried them on. It was like, they'd never been worn. They looked brand spanking new and I paid 40 bucks. That's hundred dollars in my pocket right there.
0: Yep. yep. So
1: that's exciting to me because I would rather spend those hundred dollars on something a little more fun and the shoes are gonna work. But it's just a little bit of a willingness to try and find some of those deals or try to, to find the joy in saving money.
0: Here's the baseline. If a listener out there has rated themselves a one or a two, if that's, if that's what you're thinking, here's the absolute minimum that you have to do to get ahead. And it's simply this. Spend less than you earn. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't want to do a budget, you actually don't have to. All you have to do is use only a debit card or cash. Yep. And if you um, make sure you download the app of your bank onto your phone, and and they have it now where you can open the app, uh, log in with Touch ID or Face ID or whatever your phone has, and in five seconds you can see the balance. And you know that's how much money you have. Yeah, And then before you spend anything, you just look. Do yeah. I have it? If the answer is yes, then you can spend it. If the answer is no, then you can't. And that is the most basic way to get yeah. ahead financially.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Will, you're reminding me of Dave Ramsey. I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with Dave and his radio program, and he has uh, programs that we often do in our churches and seminars that you take people through, and that's a big concept for him. He even recommends just spending cash only, because he said it feel you feel the the expenditure when you're spending yes. the cash yep. when you have to hand over the bills, and it makes you aware of how much you're spending and and maybe. Maybe you don't feel like buying something once you have to actually hand over the cash. <laughs> and and here's the thing. You have to figure out what works for you. So the most
0: convenient is obviously the debit card. So you don't have to carry cash yes. around and withdraw it all the time. But if that doesn't work, if for whatever reason you can't handle even a debit card, then go to the cash system. And then you just put it in envelopes and say, here's my grocery money for the month. And here's my miscellaneous personal money. And then when the cash is gone, you're done. Yeah. And it hurts, like yeah. you said, but it, but it works. It will get the job done. Yeah. And maybe you're shopping for clothes and you say, do I really need two pairs of shorts? Maybe for where I'm at right now, I only need one and I'll buy another one next month. Yeah. And so you start pushing yourself and you, you're willing to forego convenience. Yeah. Because obviously it's more convenient to just buy all your shorts in one trip.
1: Yeah. But if you don't have the money that month, you're going to have to limit yourself. I remember one of the things that hurt me in my early marriage is what uh, my first wife used to refer to as unauthorized purchases. <laughs> because I'm the kind of person that will go to the store to get a few things and then I'll see something either. It might be on sale in my defense or, hey, there's something I really need. And, and this can happen to any of us. And of course, that's how they design the store to tempt you. They put displays and all these kind of things. And it's very easy to pick up extra items. Yep. But do you need those items? If you didn't come to the store for those items, maybe they're not things you actually need. Maybe those 12 dozen donuts on the display table at the end of the <laughs> aisle aren't really necessary, even though they look really good and you're hungry. So 12 dozen, man, you're really hungry if you're getting 12 <laughs> dozen. I, you know what I, I meant. One I, dozen, I don't think 12. you meant uh, 144, <laughs> but anyway. The 12 donuts at the end of the <laughs> aisle. The dozen donuts. Sorry about that. Well,
0: and Rick, you're bringing up another point that we have to emphasize here is we want our listeners to have that feeling of getting ahead. Yeah. And one of the ways you get the feeling of getting ahead and you get rid of that, careening down the slope feeling i talked about at the beginning is by having having margin having a cushion yes Uh, most financial planners call it an emergency fund and so if you're single that needs to be a minimum of five hundred dollars if you're married a thousand dollars minimum that's step one shove that money aside put it somewhere where you cannot easily get to it and spend it carelessly it should be just sitting somewhere in a bank account for you to access
1: in an emergency yep so you get the flat tire your car won't start needs a new battery you have emergency money waiting there you don't have to put it on the credit card even worse you don't have to call a relative and ask for money right you don't have to beg borrow steal the money's there and it feels good and that's like you said the emergencies fund is the the bare minimum and then you can go a little bit further and have a savings account, a novel idea, where you actually tuck away some savings that maybe, what do you think, Will, three months of expenses or so? Three to six months is what they recommend. And again,
0: this is, is probably more of an emotional decision than a logical one, so it's whatever feels right to you. But it's three to six months of expenses. Remember, your income should be higher than your expenses So you don't calculate three to six months income, just whatever you know you need to live off of for three to six months, have that tucked away. That's step two. As you start to pay down your debt, you can start taking the money that you used to pay on debt and put it towards savings and get to that three to six months
1: cushion. And you know, there's something amazing about the savings thing, Will, because most of us think, oh, my budget is so tight. I can't put any in savings. But you'd be surprised if at the beginning of the month or whenever you get paid, you just put that $100 or whatever amount into savings. Somehow, believe it or not, you survive without it. Yes. Yes. Somehow it just, you make it work. And over time, you now have $1,000 in there. Now you have 2000 Now you have 3000 And it starts to feel really good, like, oh, I've got this little savings account here that if something goes wrong, I know I can have the money to keep on moving, to pay my bills. If I lose my job, I can last for a few months. I mean, it's a really good feeling. It's so nice to have that cushion, and it really does feel
0: good. And and one of the ways that you can get there, and I give Dave Ramsey credit for this, So, and if you haven't read any of his books, they can be very inspiring. Uh, I really like the one, The Total Money Makeover. If you're a person that's higher up the scale, you know, a five or above, you may want to grab Dave Ramsey's book and, and dive into some of the weeds on that. But what he says is to do what's called the debt
1: snowball yeah and and rick what does that look like what's a debt snowball i love the debt snowball so you pick the smallest debt first and you begin paying that off so you can get rid of it and then you take the money you're paying on that debt and combine it with the other debts and start paying off the next one and you look at what the biggest interest rate is too that's another one you might want to tackle the biggest interest rate if that's you know more than, say, another debt that has a real low interest rate. That would make more financial sense.
0: Yeah, and so what you're basically doing is you're getting momentum. And so by starting with the smallest amount, you see that get paid off. Now you've got extra money per month because you're no longer paying a minimum payment on that smaller debt. And then you go to the next smallest and the next and the next until all of your debt is wiped off and once that debt is gone for a lot of people that can be four, five, six hundred 600 dollars a yeah. month and and so you know when you can get rid of that and we're not talking a mortgage mortgage debt yet uh, that that can come later down the road but it's it's the credit card debt first and foremost and then you might look at your car debt an auto loan and then you probably want to go after student loan debt after that. Yeah. And as you begin to wipe out the debt, what it does is it frees up money that you can then put in savings and towards your emergency fund.
1: Yeah. Look at your loans, look at your debts and just envision for a moment if you had none of them. I mean, people who do this have actually managed to pay off all their debts and pay off a mortgage. And that one is almost unthinkable. And that's not quite as important but there are people who take this, they get so excited that they say, well, shoot, I'm not stopping there. I'm going to make a double payment on my mortgage every month. I'm going to make a triple payment. And I've yep. seen, will uh, couples pay off a mortgage in seven years or something crazy? And just imagine having no debt. I mean, that is such an amazing way to live. But I just put that as a vision. I'm not saying we all need to, to get there right away. I don't think a mortgage is such a bad thing, but still... That vision. If you had none of those payments, imagine how much loose income and free income you would have.
0: But here's the thing: you can feel empowered as you're moving towards the goal. Right. As long as you know you're getting ahead every month, even if you're only getting ahead by a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. That doesn't sound like much, but if you're moving the right direction, uh, money is dynamic. It's exponential. Yeah. If you're getting ahead, you're getting ahead, and you're going to see. That with every year you're getting a, you're going to get ahead farther and farther and farther, but if you're falling behind, every year that goes by you're going to fall behind further and further and further until you're in a hole you can't climb out of. Right. And so now is the time to address this. It's it's never too late. Yes. But now is the time. You'll thank yourself. Yes. Your future self will thank you a hundred times over. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because think about where you want to be in 10 years, you can be in so much better place if you will
1: tackle this issue right now. But you know, that reminds me, Dave Ramsey says something I think is important. He says, every time you pay off a debt or pay off a credit card, celebrate it. Yes. Do a yes. debt celebration, debt-free celebration, or something, cut up the card and celebrate, you know, do something to make it exciting, rewarding, reward yourselves for your good work, because you don't want it to be all work and no fun. Yes. And I, I know of a
0: woman who put a big countdown on her refrigerator. She counted down to when she was would pay off her first credit card, and then she would celebrate like crazy. And And part of it is just do whatever motivates you in your own mind. Yeah. Tell yourself over and over, I'm moving in the right direction. I'm getting on top of this. I'm doing great with my finances. I will thank myself in the future for doing this effort now. And just really uh, hype yourself up to get this done. And ultimately, here's, here's just some targets that you could shoot for. Ultimately, of course, you want to be debt-free maybe excluding the mortgage but if you want to go that far great but once you're debt free it'd be nice if you could save 5 to 10% yeah on a regular basis put that away towards saving or investments put that 5 to 10% on your debt initially because you want to wipe that out first and then start saving it away for investments or emergency fund or whatever you need and
1: it'd be nice to have enough to give away 5 to 10% as well Yeah. And look around. If you need more income, look around. There's a lot of creative ways. A lot of times I think we get in a victim mentality, a scarcity mentality. Oh, there's just never enough money. Well, no, actually there's money all around you. (laughs) And think of all the money you're paying to all these other people and companies. There's money flying around you all the way. You just need to get in that flow of it, start getting it. Look for creative ways, side hustles, other jobs, other opportunities. Don't allow yourself to think of yourself as a victim. Say, hey, what could I do? I have some talents. I have some time. I have this. I, what What possible things? Pray about it. I mean, I think God wants to bless. He, wa- he doesn't want you stressed and anxious about money all the time. And then, of course, get to that place where you can share. And be a blessing to others
0: and some of you may want to take the additional step if you're maybe rated yourself a five or above i would encourage you to invest in something like quicken or some kind of financial software and create a budget and just track your actual expenses see where the money goes yeah you know it's incredibly enlightening for me this is what i do this is my personal process i use Quicken. It downloads all my transactions every month. I do use a credit card, even though, Rick, you believe they're of the devil. And I I kind of agree (laughs) with you on that, except I do pay it off every month. And it it hasn't been a problem for me, per se. But I download all the transactions into Quicken. I see where the money went. And then my wife and I get together. We look at it and we decide... What adjustments do we need to make next month, if any, because of you know what we've seen here? And a, another piece that's so crucial to a budget if you're married is definitely put in there a personal spending line item for each of you. And that way you don't argue over little things. Yeah. And so my wife has a line item that she can spend what, however she wants. I have one that I can spend however I want, and we don't argue over those things. So if I go and buy a new golf club and she goes and buys a new dress. There's no arguments about whether we could afford that or not Yeah. as long as it fits within that item in the budget,
1: everything's good. Yeah, and let me say a word about those credit cards that I hate. I hated them because at a time in my life where I was vulnerable and I was struggling, they're they're set up to, to kick you when you're down. When you can't make a payment, they charge you late fees, they charge you extra interest, they raise your rate. And so the worse you're doing, the harder they make it on you. So that's why I say they're of the devil. And it creates this vicious cycle where you just keep going further and further in debt more and more, and it compounds and it gets worse and worse. And so one of the things, once I got out of that, and I learned a very bitter lesson years ago, I swore I would never pay a dime in credit card interest again because i just hated what they did to me at a very tough time where i was trying to survive but just didn't have the income and made some you know made some bad choices but but there was no recovery yeah and so for me now i have credit cards but i only use the ones with good rewards i sign up for the rewards programs i pay them off every month i never put more on there than i can pay off And it works well for me. And this is my way of getting that money back. (laughs) Way to stick it to the man. Exactly. Uh, Sticking it to the man. I appreciate that. That's good. (laughs) But another (laughs) helpful tip for that is automate all your bills. One of the things that hurt me at the beginning is if you miss a payment on almost anything, then they have penalties. If you you write a bad check like you did, Will, there's a penalty. And that's just completely wasted money. Yeah, that is just absolutely no excuse wasted money. By the way, speeding tickets also a big waste of money. I've done my share of those. Yep, yep, yep. Um, So just things that you just lose money and you get nothing in return for it. So automate your payments, make sure they're going to come out at time. And,
0: And what I love about automating all the payments is you don't have to think or worry about it. Yeah. So this will take enormous weight off your shoulders financially. If you know that you're gonna make every bill, every payment that you need to make on time, no problem, then that takes enormous stress off your shoulders.
1: And it takes away from human error because sometimes we're on vacation, we're doing this or that, and we just lose sight that, oh shoot, I was supposed to pay the bill yesterday. Now I've got a $35 fee. And I will say this too, you can call if you miss a payment. Sometimes they'll give it back to you if you plead with them and say, hey, I'm sorry, I just lost track. Make Be aggressive, it's your money, it's your finances. Don't be afraid to make a few calls, try to get some of that money back, try to argue with them. I think a lot of times, again, we slip into victim mentality. Oh, now they just took it and I'm a victim. No, you don't have to be a victim, you can be proactive. But these are all things that we're teaching you to be proactive so you can take control. This is your life. Yeah, it's your life,
0: it's your money, it's how you want to live in this area. But basic financial fitness all comes down to spending less than you earn. And notice we didn't phrase it earning more than you spend because (laughs) you can never actually do that because you can always outspend what you earn. So it starts with the spending. It starts with getting that under control, reducing that, getting that under what's coming in. And then from there, if you say, man, I'd like to spend more, then you ask, how can
1: I earn more so I can spend more? Good advice. So, Will, what are some advanced steps? I'm sure we have some listeners who are like, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, I've got that under control. What are some advanced steps that people can take if they feel like they've got their safety margin, they're putting aside their 5 to 10%? Where do we go after that?
0: Yeah, so if you're at a more advanced level, the next step for you is to meet with a financial advisor. And there are two types out there. There's the type that you pay to meet with, and they give you completely unbiased financial advice. And then there there are financial advisors that work for a certain company. And they can meet with you for free, but then they may encourage you, if needed, to use a product that their company offers And that's how the advisor makes their money. And so there's two options there. But if you meet with an advisor, they can look at your whole picture and help you make the best use of your money, direct you as the best way to invest, things like Roth IRAs, your 401k. And let me just say this real quick. If you have a 401k, make sure it's invested at least at a bare minimum in some kind of S&P index fund. Uh, Some people don't realize that the company actually puts their 401k dollars into cash and it's just sitting there, which is really losing you money over the long term. Remember at the beginning, the 10,000 that was in cash ended up at 7,000 buying power over time, over 10 years. The 10,000 in an S&P index fund turned into 25,000. So you basically are losing $18,000 over 10 years if it's sitting there in cash. So make sure your investments are invested and meet with a financial advisor for specifics. And that's really, I think, all we have time for today on the advanced category. We really want to make sure that the basics, that you've got those down, because once you do, you're going to figure out everything else after that.
1: Absolutely. And I just add one thing to the advanced. I think there are investment opportunities all around us, you know, from buying rental properties, Airbnb, all sorts of things where you can kind of invest. And for some that are wanting more advanced and saying, hey, I've got this money, I'm not sure what to do with it. Start to explore those. It doesn't hurt to explore them. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But again, talking to a financial advisor, maybe talking to someone who you know has done really well by investing. Talk around, you can get some good advice. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode on
0: financial fitness as we continue our summer fitness series. Thank you for listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns
1: and Dr. Rick Johns. And join us next week as we talk about family fitness. We'll look forward to being with you again next week.